1: To the place in the middle of the sun.
2: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I got a great show for you today where I talk with Marlene Chisholm. And Marlene has a degree in communications and a master's in human resources development. And she's an advanced practitioner in narrative coaching. She's also a recognized expert on the LinkedIn learning platform where she has five video series on topics that include anger management, working with high conflict people and having difficult conversations. And today, Marlene and I talk about resolving conflict. And I just have a couple pages of notes. I was scribbling away because she has so many great actionable tips for us today. What I really enjoyed are the specific scripts, like things that we can think about, phrases that we can say in order to navigate conversations and heated conversations in particular, but really a loving conversation would be a valuable place to use some of the phrases that Marlene gives us. So I was just scribbling away. So get out your pen and paper and get ready for some really actionable tips that I know you guys are going to love. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Marlene. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Thank you, Chase. I'm excited to be here.
2: Today, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. And a lot of your work, you have a book on it, revolves around this. So I wanted to start by having you tell our listeners why you love helping people resolve conflict better.
1: That's a great question. I think it's because so much of our happiness uh, revolves around relationships. We need relationships to survive And our world is becoming more conflict-ridden. I think many of us feel more disconnected than ever, even though we've got so many ways to connect. Uh, And I think that's due to social media and access to getting our information out there. And there's so many reasons. But when we have relationship struggles, it affects every part of our world. It affects our productivity. It affects our sense of well-being. It can affect our health. So learning how to manage conflict or recognize conflict in relationships, I think is really foundational for well-being.
2: You mentioned recognize conflict. Can you tell me what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, what I mean by that is that part of the tenets of my book is that conflict is not really the problem, mismanagement is. And so if we don't realize when we have our own inner conflict, that that's what drives a lot of our decision-making and even unconscious actions. Uh, So in other words, I might feel conflicted and what I do, instead of having a way to talk about it, I might avoid the person or I might manipulate or get aggressive because that's my coping method. And so what's really happening is it's, it's not that the problem is the conflict and that there's disagreement or that I feel slighted Or that you didn't meet my expectations. The real problem is that I don't know how to manage those feelings about that and my own narrative. So if I don't recognize the part that I play in it, if I don't realize that I have power, then I'm going to mismanage conflict and that's going to lead to bigger problems.
2: Let's talk a little bit about recognizing that inner conflict. What are some of the first things someone could ask themselves or try to identify if there's like a reoccurring problem that's coming out in the relationship that's really due to an inner conflict?
1: Yeah, you you said something that's really important, reoccurring. So if there's a pattern, something that happens over and over, and it's unresolved, that's going to that's going to create conflicts. You need to recognize patterns. A lot of what I talk about, though, is recognizing your narrative. What are you telling yourself about the conflict? Or even recognizing emotions or feelings like resentment or anger and notice yourself trying to get agreement from other people. We go to other people and say, can you believe they did this? Or I was so disappointed and then they did this and then they did that any kind of feeling that's very strong, any kind of emotion that we don't know what to do with it. So we talk to anyone, everyone but the person involved. That's one of the signs that you've got unresolved conflict, the feeling that you need to address something, but you're talking to everyone else about it, trying to get social proof. Another thing to recognize is that when you start seeing the other person as an enemy, so when you when you start to think that the other person has ulterior motives and that becomes your absolute truth and there may be truth in that but you don't know because you haven't had the conversation and we get what we look for so just recognizing your your inner landscape so to speak your narrative about the situation your patterns of behavior when it happens, why you keep attracting the same kind of person over and over, what is it that you're not seeing? A lot of times that's unresolved issues really from childhood. And although I'm not a psychologist, I really truly believe that we're always trying to resolve the past. So until we break that pattern, we just keep getting attracted to friendships, relationships, even work relationships that confirm what we believe to be true.
2: How can we start to change a negative narrative that we have around conflict, and let's say, you know, with our our romantic partner?
1: It's really difficult, but this is something that has helped me a lot. I took a course in narrative coaching, and one of the tenets of narrative coaching is that your story is the source of your suffering. And if that's true, then your story can also be the source of your salvation, so to speak. So what does it mean that the story is the source of your suffering? It means that whatever you're telling yourself about the situation is what's making you suffer. If you're telling yourself this should not happen, they did this on pur- on purpose, Um, I'm always attracting this kind of person, that story alone is creating suffering for you. There's many, many, many stories, many, many truths within the facts of what happened that you could tell yourself. You could say, really glad that I'm starting to notice patterns because I'm a part of that. Or you could say this is an opportunity for me to have courage and bring this to the front and and talk about it. Or you could say this is speaking to me that I need to set better boundaries. So if you're telling yourself a story that includes you being a victim with no choices, you're going to continue to suffer. So just start to pay attention, first of all, to how you talk to other people about it. And then secondly, What are you telling yourself that you're believing? Because there's probably many shades of the truth and you're telling one version of it.
2: It's so powerful when we start to recognize the stories that we tell ourselves, especially, you know, in our relationships, we're doing that everywhere in business, with our friendships, all these things. And they're not always negative, but I think the ones that stand out tend to be negative. And a lot of times we're not accurate and then we're making ourselves feel a lot worse than we need to feel.
1: Yeah, and something else that's quite interesting around that is that, you know, we talk a lot about, well, change your behavior, change your behavior. But the reality of that is that new behaviors actually require new stories because our behaviors are driven by our identity. So we have to think, who do I think I am? What would I have to think about myself to keep allowing this kind of treatment? And if we tell ourselves things like, well, I'm just really nice and I hate conflict, Conflict is not the problem. Mismanagement is the problem. So we have to start reframing. So new behaviors require new stories. Something else that's very interesting in this, and this has to do with probably friendship, maybe maybe uh, romantic relationships as well. But sometimes we call our friends or our friends call us and they complain about their problems, their romantic relationships or whatever. And we give them all kinds of advice and then they don't take the advice. This is something that you need to know is that only the person who has the problem can fix the problem and you can only coach a regulated person. So when someone is at the height of their drama about something that's been done to them or something they perceive has been done to them, you can only coach a regulated person. And so they're not, if they're not regulated, there's no change that's going to happen anyway. So it's best just to listen and to decide how long you're willing to listen because otherwise, you're just helping them create new neural connections for the purpose of venting. And that's not going to help anybody.
2: Are there any other things when it comes to, you know, reframing the story or dealing with our inner conflict that you want to mention before we go into the actual navigating the conflict?
1: Well, I think that it's about asking yourself, what else could be true? What else could be equally true? What's another way to look at it? And there's another piece, too, that I talk a lot about in my leadership work, and that is knowing your feelings won't change the facts, but knowing the facts can change your feelings. And when you change your feelings, you change your experience. So it's all related. It's all circular. But so often we're running off of feelings only. And then we get into trouble. So it's about both facts and feelings. Feelings tell us something, but it's about how we interpret those feelings. If we think that just because if I think that just because I'm angry, that I know the truth of the situation, I often say that anger is not the truth, but it's the fuel that can get you there. So my anger is not about I'm right and you're wrong. It's telling me that a boundary has been crossed or there's a conversation that needs to happen. So learning how to interpret feelings is really a valuable skill.
2: Can you say that again, the the knowing your feelings don't change the facts?
1: Knowing your feelings won't change the facts, but knowing the facts can change your feelings. And when you change your feelings, you change your experience. So an example is if you interpret that someone not speaking to you is because they no longer like you, then you now have a story based on an interpretation. But if you knew that that day they had a significant loss and they were so super focused on dealing with what was going on in their life, you would change your interpretation and your interpretation would change your experience of them not speaking to you. You would have more grace. The example I give in my book is, and everybody's been here, you're at a stop sign, you're running a little bit late, there's someone in front of you and maybe two cars in front of you and the light turns green and you keep sitting and you keep sitting and you're thinking, how much greener does it have to get? And then you give it just a little toot, a little tap, nothing happens. Then you lay on the horn and still nothing happens. And you're furious and you're in your mind, you're saying, what an idiot, I bet they're texting. That's ridiculous. And you're looking for another lane to get into. You sit there through another light, and here comes an ambulance, and you find out the person at the light had a heart attack. The situation is the same. You're still behind. You're still late for work. You're still two cars behind the front car, but now you have a different interpretation because now you realize that someone was having a medical emergency. So we have to be very careful not to believe everything we think.
2: I love that. And in the context of a romantic relationship, I I think of not believing everything we think and giving our partner the benefit of the doubt rather than jumping to conclusions as the person in your example did.
1: Yeah. And just being curious to say, well, the part of me that feels vulnerable believes they're cheating or believes they don't care or believes that they're inconsiderate. And then it's about saying, okay, that's what I'm telling myself, but have I brought it to their attention? Have I been curious about what's going on? Have I asked for what I want? Have I set a boundary? Have I seen this happen three or four times and I've never said anything before? Did I laugh and act like it was okay when it really wasn't okay? And so that's about being really honest in, your, in all of your relationships because so often, We manipulate other people just to get along. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings and we're operating off of fear of losing the other person versus operating from the desire to strengthen the relationship and build trust.
0: Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it,
2: We've laid a great foundation for for where to start when thinking about conflict, because it's easy to point the finger at the other person and everything we're starting with is talking about pointing it back at ourselves and that inner conflict. Before we start talking about the interpersonal conflict, are there any other things you want to emphasize when it comes to addressing inner conflict?
1: I would say that um, calm down first. Don't act when you're angry even though that'll feel like that's the time to do it but here's the trick once you calm down it's easy then to want to avoid the conversation because you'll feel better so it's this balance beam that we have to walk on to say I felt that for a reason I don't really know what's going on now is not the time because I'm too wound up I'm too worked up I'm going to get triggered I'm going to become emotional and I'm going to be seeing things from a very limited point of view But if I can take the time to think about it, and then once I have calmed down and I've looked at my narrative, then the next day I could say, hey, I just want to circle back. There was something yesterday that caught my attention. And, you know, I had some feelings about that. I just wanted to hear your point of view. Now you can really talk about it. You can talk about what you felt, what you want, what you're not getting. And you're coming from curiosity and you're expansive enough to hear what they have to say. And you're not going to create, um, you're not going to create all those defense mechanisms.
2: So let's talk about the interpersonal aspect of this. Let's say we are having a reoccurring argument with our our partner and we have not done well in the past where we end up shouting. Neither one of us has our needs met and we feel less connected with our partner. Obviously, we don't want that. So how can we approach Conflict, which is inevitable. It's not about avoiding it, but we just want to do it better. So, what are some of the first things after we address our inner conflict that we can bring to having better arguments, let's say, with our partners?
1: Yeah, I think it's about asking yourself the question, What do I want? Or what do we want to create? If you can ask that question, What do I want? Or what do we want to create? That gives you a focus versus the ping pong that happens with the arguments. And so if you want to create more harmony, if you want to create a fun vacation, if you want to create a new pattern, start with that intention and actually voice that intention and um that's going to help a lot because that gives you guidance on where to go because what happens when we get triggered we're, we get into the into the verbal ping pong Back and forth. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. That's not fair. I knew you'd say that. You always do this. Notice when that's happening. And if you need to set a timeout or a boundary, this is really important. Don't blame the other person. Don't say like, you need to calm down. You need to get fixed. You need counseling. Just say, look, I'm very passionate about this and I'm getting, I want a break before I talk about this further. So just be able to control. It's the, Uh, emotional regulation, which is really difficult. But if you can do that for yourself and just take care of your own end of it, then that can really change everything.
2: So let's say that we're taking that pause and we are going down a road that is not going to be productive and we stop ourselves. We're not going to get into the same conflict that leads nowhere but more disconnection. What are some of the positive things we can do to resolve the conflict?
1: One thing you can do is, is restate what it is you want. Look, I want for us to, to resolve this. I want to get along. Um, I, I see that this is uncomfortable now, but it doesn't have to be in 20 minutes. Just continue to affirm that you're in it to win it. And it's just a stopping point for a moment. So that's one thing you can do. Again, always focusing on the end result, what, what you want. Um, and, and I think speaking truth kindly, get some rules about how you're going to engage even when you're heated. If you're calling each other names, that's a bigger problem than just the conflict. You know, I always say that um, disagreement doesn't cause relationship breakups, disrespect does. And so it's not about the disagreement. It's about when you start calling someone names, when you start hitting below the belt, that's what's going to cause the lapse in trust.
2: As far as specific scripts or things that we can say, because I love those, they're very valuable to me because if I can think of something, for example, it's not valuable to say always or never, you know, you never take out the garbage. So those words, like always, never, if I can just think about not using them, then I have to communicate differently and more productively. Are there any things like that semantically that you really like to emphasize or help people bring in to conflict resolution?
1: Absolutely. It is really important, as you said, to not use the always, never, the you know, being accusatory. Um, those are just, that's all about taking personal responsibility. So I've got a couple of things to say about this. So one thing is always talking about your end result, what you want instead of what you don't want. Because if you focus on what you don't want, you're going to get more of what you don't want. So when you start to say, look, I don't want you to always be, or I don't want you to be, say what I do want, what I do want. So in other words, instead of I don't want you to raise your voice, say I want us to talk about this in a calm manner. Like take control by focusing on the end result of what you want. Another tip or technique you can say when you're talking about something that you don't like. You can say, look, I noticed, or I observed, look, I noticed last week when we were talking about this, I thought you rolled your eyes. And then you pause, 1001, 1002, 1003. You're not accusing, you're just saying what I thought I noticed. The story I was telling myself is that you disagree, but that you don't want to talk about it. They might say, you know, I did disagree, but I, I, I hear you now. Or they might say, Oh, no, 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 you're just being too sensitive. Wow. I just, I was just teasing. This is a perfect opportunity to say, Okay. I hear you, but what I need from you is, in other words, you don't let someone off the hook because they, because they say that their manipulation was just teasing. You'll say, maybe you were, but what I need for you is that when you really, when you really mean something, I need you to say it this way. And that kind of teasing sometimes confuses me. So you can actually ask for what you want. Another technique is to say, would you be willing? Would you be willing to take a break and resume talking about this tomorrow after we've both had some rest? Would you be willing to consider this even though right now you're not for it? Would you be willing is a magic phrase. It's not to manipulate someone or to trick someone into doing something they don't want to do. It's to actually test for where they might be stuck, where they might be resistant. In fact, when I'm coaching leaders, I might say something like, would you be willing to have the conversation with this employee rather than firing them? Would you be willing to talk with them about their performance and give them a chance? And the leader might say, I already know what they're going to say. And I'll say, would you be willing to have the conversation anyway, even though they might say that? Because it's not whether they will or they won't, it's I'm trying to find out what's at the root of the avoidance. And they say, well, I am willing to do it, but it's going to require me to go in on a different shift. And I say, well, are you willing to go in on the different shift in order to have the conversation? Well, it's not really that. I'm just afraid that there's no place really convenient to have this conversation. And so then I say, are you willing to find the convenient place? What you're trying to do is figure out what the real resistance is, because it's normally not the first thing. And the same thing is true in couples. The same thing is true in friendships. When there's this resistance, there's something underneath it. And if you just say, would you be willing? You'll find out if you can stay non-attached, you'll find out what the real issue is.
0: Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a strong stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock.
2: I just love these actionable phrases as I said before because it really helps me internalize them and and then use them in practice and I'm scribbling away and so I just <laughs> wanted to restate a few of them that I love is the story I'm telling myself is and and you go with that okay I hear you which is super powerful from a a mirroring perspective and then saying you know but what I need from you is dot 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 and then as you've so eloquently stated a lot of sort of examples, uh, would you be willing? And I really encourage people to like write these down. And then the next time you're in it, if you're not already using these types of phrases, pull them out because it's so valuable when we're able to, to say things like this or to eliminate things like never and you always. It just makes life easier and better, and we're going to be more connected with our partners, with your friends, with your coworkers, wherever you are. Really interacting with people.
1: Absolutely, another uh, technique, or it's a it's a concept, and then within it, there are some techniques. I call it radical listening, and what that means is you're listening not only to what they're saying, and you're not listening to respond or to give advice you're listening to hear the emotional quality of what's going on and to connect on that level first. Because what happens is when someone's telling us something, so often nowadays we're texting we're on the computer, we're saying, yeah, I hear you, I got you. Or we're saying, well, let me tell you about my day. Or you think you got problems, let me tell you about my problem. Or I know exactly how you feel, let me tell you more about me. Or you really shouldn't feel that way. I mean, come on, you know what, you're bigger than that, let it go. And we're discounting, we're we're advising, we're discounting, we're interrupting, we're multitasking. And real radical listening is even the ability to say, hold on just a second, I got to finish this and then I'll be available Or it's the ability when someone's talking to take that breath and to say, I hear you. It sounds like you're really upset. And they might say, no, I'm not really upset. I'm angry. Now we're connected because I know how they feel. And I can say, it sounds like you're really frustrated or it sounds like you're upset. I'm actually just sharing my interpretation and giving them the chance to say yes or no to that. And if they say, yeah, I am upset then we can just say, I, I hear you or I'm sorry. And so just being able to listen and meet people where they are in their thought process, their story and emotionally before we start coaching, advising, telling them we've never felt that way. Just hearing people and meeting them where they are, it's a difficult skill.
2: One of the things that I made a note of when you were giving the the statements is how do you think about tone? Because you said, okay, I hear you but what I need from you is dot, dot, dot. And I just thought of someone saying that in a not nice way, you know, but what I need you to do is, you know, and it's like,
1: that's not going to be valuable. That's true. And you can use, and tone is very important and that is self-awareness. You could even say, I hear you. Would you be willing in the future? It's just, would you be willing? And if you hear resistance, then there's something else underneath it.
2: Well, Marlene, we've covered A lot of great stuff, super actionable tips. I really encourage people, write down some of these phrases, think about them so that when the conflict arises, which it will, you have them and and you're starting to implement it and you're gonna see some amazing results. Before we wrap up, are there any things that maybe we skipped over or something you wanna emphasize?
1: Mm, There's just so much to communication and relationship. I think it's just about getting crystal clear about who you are as a person, how you want to show up and make your choices based on who you are, not on what other people are doing. And, you know, live by your values, live by a code. Because when you do that and you're really clear about it, you won't attract into your life some of the dysfunction. Um, I guess I will end with saying that what I've seen as far as to really put this into a compact neat little bow is to say there's four, what I found is there's four main reasons for relationship drama. And the first one is the inability or unwillingness to speak your truth kindly. Second, it's the inability or unwillingness to set appropriate boundaries. The third one is believing that you are responsible for someone else's well-being, success, and happiness. And the fourth one is believing they are 100% responsible for your success, well-being, and happiness. And what that means is you've got to take full responsibility for your experiences, and you've got to allow others to do the same.
2: I love that. And we can have you back on to talk about those four things. But just as you covered them, it's so valuable to be able to internalize and understand those. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners about your new
1: book and where they can find you online? Absolutely. My new book is called From Conflict to Courage, How to Stop Avoiding and Start Leading. It's on Amazon or anywhere that you buy books. From Conflict to Courage, How to Stop Avoiding, Start Leading. You can find me at my website, Marlene, at marlenechism.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me there or follow and let me know that you heard me on this podcast. I also have five different programs if you're on the LinkedIn Learning Platform. So I have different programs and courses on difficult conversations, anger management, and so on.
2: Well, thank you, Marlene. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website at idupodcast.com. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idupodcast.com click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14 day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.